G'day and welcome to the Pod Pod. It's your boy Dossie talking all things AFL fantasy on this Wednesday night, June 14th, 2023. Here as usual with uh, the Pod Pod OG, Louie. We've got two-time top 10 finisher, John Harmy. And on this episode, we actually have a very, very special guest. We have the fourth overall ranked coach for the round. Holmesy, mate. Welcome aboard, Holmesy. Good to have you on, mate. Special guest, an actual good coach on the show. Yeah, I'm back, baby. Let's do it. (laughs) Huge round for the great man. Returning to greatness. Uh, Holmesy, walk us through the round, mate. Just, you know, give a bit of a monologue on this this round that was. Yeah, look, it it started pretty well on uh, Thursday night, although I did trade in Jack Steele, so that wasn't ideal, but uh, Crouch being one of my uh, lowly owned premiums went bang and then it didn't really stop from there. Everyone sort of just did their thing, so Butters went big, McRae went big, Briggsy, which I'm sure we'll get to, and yeah, it just turned out at the end of the round when all the scores were dropping off and the scores weren't really ticking over, I was still able to keep going. So yeah, very, very happy result from 21 players on ground. Yeah, it's the most active we've seen you in the group chat for quite some time. You're up and about and it's it's great to see you rising up those ranks. So, let's get obviously that score and uh, your round rank update or sorry, your rank overall update as well, uh, Holmesy. Yeah, so a 21.63 in the end, which yeah, I didn't score that most weeks when I had 22 playing. So, uh, that shows how well my team has gone before that. But yeah, the rank has come in about 4K spots, so I'm about 8-1 at the moment. So um, it's been trending in the, the positive direction for a while. I felt like my team was actually building quite nicely over the last few weeks, but a, you know, a JJ Hammy on 40 and then a, a Darcy Hammy on 30 um, meant that I you know, was around par or just above. So I felt like I was moving in the right direction and yeah, this was just one of those weeks where it all came together. So very happy and Fingers crossed on the next two weeks when the buyers really get hard, I can I can keep moving in the right direction. Yep, certainly having to book in those ton mid strengths to head your way after a round like that. Oh though, yeah, mate. another so. another two hundred points on you, Dossie boy. So that's the most important <laughs> stat of the week. <laughs> Righto then, mate. Uh, all right, let's get to our other two-time top ten finisher in Harmy. We usually leave you to last, mate, but I'm just moving up the pecking order one here. Uh, how'd your round go? Uh, thanks, Dossie. Yeah, uh, look, it went just okay, I'd probably say. I put up a score of 2,007, which was about par because it only moved me up 100 spots. So, um, yeah, not not quite what I wanted to do for the week. But um, And, yeah, I was a bit disappointed. I don't think I got 100 points on you this week. So, uh, a little bit below average probably, but uh, still happy enough with the week, mate. It was good fun. Now look, I don't think we should make that be part of our <laughs> part of our intro. It's becoming um, a common theme over the last month here. But uh, Louis, take take us through your round. Maybe leave out if you put put a hundred on Dossie as well. There, that <laughs> <laughs> no, was it was a pretty decent round, boys. Um, ended up scoring the two thousand nine, so I just pipped Harmy there, uh, which brought me into rank five thousand three hundred thirty seven. So. A bit like last week, I, I tend to just sort of hold rank each week and uh, either up or down 100 ranks. And I think for the last couple of weeks, Harmy and I have been pretty close. So maybe that's the main event for the rest of the year. Hold on. What did you say your rank was, Louis? Uh, 5,380. So there is 50 rankings between us. I'm five three three seven ahead of you, so I'm fifty in front. How about that? C- correct, and I think for the last three <laughs> or four weeks, I've noticed that there's been about um, sort of fifty to three hundred spots between us. So uh, we're pretty tight there, and just takes a good week to n- nudge ahead. Until this week, Holmes has been giving me a few DMs for the hot hot trade ins. Oh, he's back, isn't he? He's back on board. He's, he's loving fantasy again. It's good to see him up, back up and about. Now, good to me, see those I'm, DMs came my way too. <laughs> didn't didn't come my way, unfortunately, but uh, well, he knows not to give me that insight before I take those ton minis back off his hands. I'm only um, <laughs> not 50 to 200 behind you guys, but uh, I'm 15K or a little actually more like uh, 18K behind you guys there. So sitting down at 23,756 after a solid round of uh, 1938. So 
Look, I'm going to get into it a bit later, but no matter what I do, boys, I just can't get inside that top 20K. And uh, Louis, you were saying just some of your mates that are, you know, casual casual players down at the club, they just waltz into a 15K rank without even checking their team every year. So, look, I think Mate, there's, been, to- there's been a few have waltzed into the top 100 too, so I don't know what to think. <laughs> hey, Dossie, why don't you get your cuz uh, Papowski to run an algorithm to see how many teams are ahead of you that haven't traded this year? Oh, jeez. Imagine that. All right. Well, we might have to contact the cuz. But in the meantime, let's get into our Lux. You know the Lux is mine from the start. Holmesy, you had a massive week. Who are you going to give the Lux to? Yeah, uh, special mention to Briggsy. Uh, as Harmy was saying off air, those coaches that were able to go Darcy to Briggs two weeks ago, bit of a bit of a very lucky move, but that's gone very well so far. But... I'm just going to give it to Jack McRae. After all we went through to start the season, that's four tons on the trot now and four pretty big tons at that too. Forward status, he's repaying the faith and although he's not getting those centre bounces, it, it seems that he's really starting to nail down that half forward that pushes up into the midfield role quite well. So Jack McRae for his 129 uh, is my lux. It is great to see, and I'm, I'm glad you're giving him the lux after um, yeah, pretty rough start to the season. Like you said, it's weird. He's kind of adjusted to that role and, and figured out a way to do the Jack McRae of old in this, in this new role. And, and, I mean, we saw Bailey Smith in the same team do, you know, massive scores in a similar role last year as well. So, we know it can be done. So, hopefully, he keeps it up. Harmy, your lux? Well, I would have gone uh, Jack McRae as well because... Um, what a great forward he is. He only attended one CBO, so he really is a forward these days. But look, I'll throw it to, uh, I'll go to Lockie Neal, hey? He put up 124 points for me, which was pretty nice. And I actually traded Ashcroft to Neal. So I think that's already netted me 50 points more. So, um, so yeah, that was pretty good on debut. Look. What did Ashcroft score, Harmy? Sorry, mate. Mid-70s. Mid-70s, yep. Yeah. Oh, that's sure? good that that's not burning you too much. He was uh, one of the rookies that I was a little bit hesitant to trade, just knowing that he can pump out those 120s. But um, mid-70s we'll take. Uh, for a Lux, for me, guys, I've got Dunkley. And I just had to sort of tip the cap. Uh, I was just talking to you boys before the, the podcast started recording and it was about round six and there were still plenty of coaches that were a bit dirty on Josh Dunkley, but he's he's brought his average up to 110, last five, 130, and uh, scored the, uh, what was it, 134 on the weekend as well, 145, sorry. So, um, yeah, just getting it done, Josh Dunkley, and, yeah, massive tip of the cap and... Uh, ended up being or probably will be our F1 unless Tim Taranto has got something to say for it. Yep, back in some ripping form and like you said, sort of nothing to worry about on the Josh Dunkley front. Uh, Matthew Johnson for me, I'm just giving it to the to the, to the the rook there. Um, scoring 93 points um, on debut for Dossie's squad. You know, it's just been a struggle sometimes to pick the right rookies, but the fact that he's come out there and put up a 93-point score, looked fantastic, you know, secured the role in there for the time being. I know we've still got um, O'Meara to come back in the side, but even just to get that little bit of a sugar hit from a rookie like that and to know that the cash gen is going to continue earns my lucks for the week. Time for our sucks, though. <laughs> Holmesy, you couldn't add too many, mate, in your sucks. Yeah, I was going to give one, but I, I think Louis is going to give it to this bloke, so I'll leave that. Um, look, it's it's very, very luxurious, but I'm actually going to give mine to Andy Brayshaw. He did ton up, um, but I think only a 13-point last quarter in a home game against Richmond when Richmond had been given up points. Uh, that 100, I would have hoped to have been a bit more of a ceiling score. So Andy Brayshaw, low ton, uh, not ideal, but yeah, not the worst either. All right, Harmy, have you got a, a name on the chopping block there for your sucks today? Plenty. I um, I actually had a full squad on the weekend, um, so I had plenty of players drop off, but I didn't expect a primo um, score to drop away, which was uh, Tom Green, 73 points, down Sorry, in Hobart, yeah. big oval against North Melbourne. I mean, far out. That was disappointing. What about your other primo, Harmy, Jaden Hunt? Oh, yeah. Oh, I've... He's not on my current list there, uh, Holmesy, so I can't vote for him. <laughs> Rage trade. <laughs> Straight out, Monday night, <laughs> hunty. 
bit concerning as well. He, he might um, he might be out of the out of the real side, given that um, you know Tommy Cole four to five weeks away, boys. So he must be nervous. So big Tommy's <laughs> going to come back in. Lou sucks for the week. Yeah, so uh, my sucks is Jack Steele with the 88. I've had him for a couple of weeks and just didn't look right. And um, last week's question to Neil or Steele was definitely uh, Neil scoring the 124. But we hope that Jack Steele can bounce back. We know what he's done over a number of years. But even just glancing at my team now with Harmy mentioning who dropped off, um, I hadn't actually had a look yet and just noticing that Tim English and Jake Lloyd dropped off for me too, which is exactly what you want to be seeing, isn't it? Did you bring in yeah. Lloyd on the this week as well? Just gone. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, brought in so. Lloyd for the Saints matchup. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. Very rough. Um, I'll just give my sucks to James Sicily for uh, knocking out my boy Hugh McClug, who was coming good. 81 points at the start of the third quarter, and uh, KO goes the clug. A fantastic pick by me. He would have been, alas, uh, Sicily ending that run there. All right, I'm going to quickly, very quickly go through all our results from the uh, Content Creators Cup from the weekend. Run by Guesty, sponsored by Infinite Wealth. We're looking to get some uh, money for charity at the end of this one. Whoever gets the big W. Um, Dossie making his charge toward finals. And um, word on the street, a message got passed on to the Warn Dogs by our man Bales. I, uh, he was doing his Friday live show. Dossie passed on the message. Hey, Warn Dog, you want a ton? Cutting a ton on this week for the Content Creators <laughs> Cup. Apparently, it was accepted. I've got screenshot receipt, and uh, so Dossie got up by 60 points, and I think the Warn Dog might be uh, sending me a ton carton my way, which I can then forward on to Holmesy, and um, <laughs> we might get that worldwide tour of the ton carton that Holmesy was after and talking about pre-show, so hopefully that gets your way. Um, some other wins in the Content Creators Cup. Uh, Lou managed to get a win over Stato. Um, let's have a look here as well. Holmesy. Obviously got the W over um, Xavier Ellis there. And uh, Harmy, unfortunately, did not play. Got the DNP there. (laughs) (laughs) As usual. Um, Check out the Listener League results. We post them on Twitter at PodPodAFL every week. Thanks to our man, Matty, who posts the results there. Um, Dossie, a bounce back week there, I think. But Louis guys there are just charging um, for a massive, massive win and still leading the overall ranks there. Our PodPod Challenge. Just an update, 23 coaches that are in the Pod Pod Challenge are inside the top 100. That is an amazing scene. So um, congratulations to all the coaches out there. And if you are a listener and want to jump in that league, hit on leagues and um, just search the Pod Pod Challenge. Jump on in. 23 inside the top 100, including four in the top 10. Uh, Jono leading the way at sixth overall. Matt, seventh. Jared 9th and Robert 10th. So good luck for the, the charge through the buyers and hopefully you guys can keep Far rising. Out. There's still so much pressure on us, eh, to give good advice. That's insane. Oh, we might actually have unbelievable. to Unbelievable. 23 in the top 100. If they do the opposite, they might win that. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's why they listen in. Who knows? Maybe that's what they're doing. Um, now, just a reminder, this episode is brought to you by the Keeper League, not just for your Keeper Leagues. Check out their website for the resources to help you with your classic team as well. You can check out the CBA, kick-in trends, all those draftee fantasy analysis for the draftees about to make their first appearance on the big stage. You can get weekly fantasy projections and much more. I, I need to start using the projections for my fantasy captains because I cannot get a captain right. Um, go support them because they support us. Use the code PODPOD at sign up for 20% off and the link will be in the podcast description. Hot topics. Again, recording on a Wednesday um, from the public holiday on the King's birthday. Kyle, unfortunately, did not get that one, but um, we soldier on and and luckily we get the news that James Sicily... He got the three-week ban, but news, late news, right before we record is that the Hawks are going to take this to the AFL Appeal Board. And, lads, there's a Monday hearing, so that's not ideal for for coaches, Holmesy. Yeah, look, it's it's really not, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I think it's a trade regardless. You don't really want to risk carrying him through and, then, and really needing to trade him next week when you could have that extra premium on field this week, so... It is really unfortunate for owners, but it wouldn't actually surprise me if he gets off 
Um, but yeah, Harmy. Do you guys reckon um, it benefits anybody? Let's say that the AFL spit it and say, yep, too bad, mate, three weeks. Do you reckon it benefits? Is there anybody going to get a bump? Like, uh, is there a, oh, I don't know, like a Scrimshaw or oh, Jamie who's been say scoring him. really well? Um, <laughs> you love Scrimshaw, Harmy. Maybe uh, Will Day goes back or something like that. Like, do you, do you see anybody getting a bump um, if he is missing three weeks? Seamus Mitchell, top six. What what was um who took the Sicily role when he missed a week the other week? Did anybody take note of that one? That was the week they got absolutely pumped, wasn't it, by Port? Mm. So I don't think you can really take too much yeah, into that it. Might be Although their second the half definitely um tightened up a bit. That might be one to go back and look at and just see if there's a trend beginning, uh, just to see what the next three weeks might look like if he does get suspended, but yeah, that, that hurts for, really, for those that held him uh, through that suspension the other week as well, doesn't it? Do you really want to be jumping on one of those type of players this time of year though, Harmy, knowing that it, it's a potentially a three-week play? Don't you really want to be getting up to a, you know, a semi-completed side by this point, at, point in time, going as close to the top as you can? Yeah. Um, well, I've been sort of looking at ahead a couple of weeks actually to think about what my team is looking like coming out of the bye um, because I'm not going to have a completed team, but I'm sort of happy enough if I can, um, if they're still going well, to loop a Johnson and Wardlaw in my last midfield spot. So I've been trying to clear out all of the mid prices, and I will have um, Bailey Humphrey in my forward line, and I'll at the moment still have Braden Fiorini. Um, right, so I'm thinking that there might be a couple. I might take a fling on a couple of mid prices, like higher priced mid prices coming out, because it'll be a point of difference from those coaches that are above me. So I'm looking at say Humphrey to your Harry Himmelberg types, um, because I can't get to the top dogs. So yeah, it's possible that somebody in that price bracket, I actually do have a a, a go out like a Elliot Yo, uh, maybe like it's Fiorini to Yo um, via Will Day as a DPP, something like that. So I'm probably looking the other way, where I got on Sicily to start the season. So I think I paid about 850k or whatever he was, and he's currently up 90k. I'd kind of like to cash in on that, and being at 940k is only a stone's throw away from some of these uber uber premiums that we've been speaking about pretty much all season you know even Clayton Oliver is only 70k short of that which I know he's not playing at the moment but it just goes to show that there's value on his head and we should be thankful that he did score that 130 and didn't get um, injured or something halfway through the game it's unfortunate he's missing three weeks but for me Sicily I think I'm going up there or going somewhere sideways to keep that premium ticking over yeah, interestingly enough, I mean, yeah. Uh, so, sorry, part part of me wants to ditch these mid prices now. I've been riding them the whole season up until now, and at some point, I need to sail home. And I'm, I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere with these guys priced between five hundred and seven hundred k, even though they are generating a bit of cash. Sometimes I feel like I'm being left behind. Yeah, and that's that's the point I was going to make. I really like the point that Harmy made in terms of potentially trying to loop that last M eight spot with um, Johnson and Wardlaw. Because the, the easy option would be to upgrade that last rookie spot in round 16 and, and get up to someone in that sort of, you know, low 600 sort of bracket. But, you know, I think we could we could kind of upgrade the mid prices and get them up to genuine uber premiums and then still just keep running that rookie at, at MA until we can actually get them up to someone. I think that's a genuine play rather than, I think you're right, Louis, I've been doing the same in terms of these Atkins and Fiorini's and I've even still got a Caldwell I think I would much rather upgrade Caldwell to an absolute uber premium in round 16 rather than, you know, get a Van Ruyen up to, you know, a, a yo or something like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It just feels like you're trading into what you almost already know and it hasn't necessarily worked. Some have, but um, I think the majority have probably um, been just sort of on the on the fence there. All right. Well, I guess that got us into a bit of a side sidetrack story on and great strategy talk just based on that um, James Sicily so injury cloud. I guess um, back to your original point, Harmy. I think some some listeners want to know a bit about you know a German MP or something later on. So we might look at him. He has been in fantastic form in the last three, but yeah, obviously I think two two parties here not keen to jump back on those those mid prices after trying to get him out pretty much all season so far. But um, let's get on to the next hot topic, which is Jack Steele. And something that we probably all suspected is that um, news came out. 
Jack Steele's dealing with a bit of a knee injury at the moment and he's playing through it. They expect, well, I think he expects to be able to play this week against Richmond, but oh, gee, it's um, it's something that you could kind of tell with the eye if you're watching Harmy that Steele just isn't quite right at the moment. I said um, last week on the pod I was going to wait a week on Steele and have a look because I did have a bit of a concern about that and it's kind of proven right um, based on the comments that have come out during the week. I can't remember, I think it was the club or a reporter. Sorry, I can't remember, but they said that he's had some um, soreness in his knee, which, yeah, I'm not surprised based on the way he played. So, you know what? For me, it has made me more keen on um, Brad Crouch. Sorry to say, Holmesy. Um, but I had a look at him. His, his ownership is still low. Um, he's coming in yeah, at a much, much cheaper price. Um, than what he started the year, and I think there's a good chance that he um, becomes the main go-to guy in the midfield. So that's what I'm sort of thinking. Um, I've become more keen on him as the week progresses, So even more so than Sinclair. If you compare um, Sinclair and Crouch, I'm sort of leaning more towards Crouch at the moment. Um, just to just to clarify the news as well, if you hadn't caught it, so it's from the one that I'm seeing that we've we've seen on Twitter is Xander Maguire from from Nine News Melbourne. Breaking: Jack Steele has been playing through a knee issue in past weeks, which has flared up in recent days. He consulted doctors today about the best path forward. He's still confident he'll play against Richmond on Saturday night. So I guess that's just basically if you're. Yeah, if you're a non-owner, don't target him. But um, I, th- I feel like if you are currently an owner, you've got to stay strong because he still managed to put up an okay score on the weekend despite having a pretty poor first half. And as his knee kind of gets more comfortable, you'd imagine you're just going to have to probably target him after that, Louis. Would you agree with that? I think so. He's just about bottomed out. So he's about 827K. I can't see him getting too much cheaper than that unless he – Absolutely drops just a stinker. I think if I were an owner, and I am an owner, I'd be holding, waiting for it to turn around, and a little bit like how Harmy and Holmes, he said, looping that guy M8 with a Wardlaw type. Um, I think still, if he can be your last sort of upgrade through the midfield, hoping that he can turn it around and suddenly you've got a pod, that's the direction that I'd be taking. I don't reckon he'll be the last one in about two or three weeks' time when Callum Mills comes back. Yeah, well, mm, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's even more reason to hold and hope it turns around. Last hot topic, and this one purely has to just be something to keep your eye on, is that just Anna Hay, um, Seven News reporter in Perth, Dockers midfielder Caleb Sarong has spent the second half of the session chatting to medics over in Perth's um, Frio's session, appears to be very bothered by his lower leg, his left um, the track and is headed to the room. So that's just one of those things. Look, we see this happen sometimes and it's nothing, but just monitor if you're a Caleb Sarong owner or even if you're targeting him at the moment. Might just have to be a wait and see. Moving on from hot topics and we want to get to our observation roundtable. Has anyone got anything they want to just throw around for discussion this episode, lads? Is there anything on your minds? Well, why don't we have a bit of a chat about the buyers, boys? So why don't you... Give us a little bit. Louis, how many players are you looking to have on field this week? So before trades, where are you sitting and what's your sort of plan on how many you get to? I know you haven't done the most prep, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, questions without yeah. notice. Um, look, uh, last week when I looked at it last before last week's trades, I think I was looking at about 19 on field that I could get uh, before team sheets. And I think my next round, round 15, which... I believe a lot of coaches could struggle in. Um, I was at 17. So this week's going to be a bit of a balance. It's about finding that middle ground between setting myself up this week, uh, not stitching myself up in round 15, and also being able to launch straight out of those buyers into into a better team than what I started with. So um, it, it's, it's all about management. It's about seeing which players um, potentially you could cull. Uh, we were talking about Ashcroft before. He was one. Uh, that had a bit of cash on his head, we could take him down. I'm sure those that used Atkins last week would be happy for it, especially if they trade into Niels. Uh, yeah, it's it's just that proper planning, isn't it, Holmesy? Yeah. Harmy, how are you looking? I'm looking really good this week. Um, yeah, Hello. so got plenty of players this week, but next week is a little bit of an issue with my team, which I'll just talk a little bit more about. But I was a bit bummed to hear... 
Oshin Mullen. He's not getting a game this week because I brought him in a couple of weeks ago and I've still got Harry Sharp. So, um, yeah, unless he comes in for Dossie's mate, um, he's not looking likely to get a game. So, you know, look, I've got plenty of numbers this week, Holmesy, but I'll just... been sort of tossing up this week whether... Um, I sideways trade a premium, which I don't really want to do, but I'll reel these off for you for next week. Lockie Whitfield, I'm probably just going to be fine with him in my back line. All good. My midfield, Tom Green, Jack McRae, Connor Rosie, Wardlaw. Okay, so a few there. Tim English in my ruck line. Forwards, Taranto and Zach Butters. So I've got a heap of premiums. Um, that I don't really want to trade out next week. So I'm just a little bit uncertain whether I'm happy to um, sit all those out next week uh, or whether I'm tempted to sideways trade one to get an extra player. But yeah, well, probably... Green's an interesting one, isn't he? He's the one. He's, he's the one he's, I came to, Louis. He's sort of he's averaging 98 his last three, 98 his last five. Um, obviously started the season like a house on fire, made plenty of coaches lots of money. And points uh, showed a ceiling, um, and even the last couple of weeks, it's it's probably a bit unfair to to say oh the last three, the last five, when really he put up a seventy three, and prior to that he's had three tons. But when you're looking at Tom Green's ownership at thirty nine percent, and keeping in mind that um, fantasy is starting to sway more towards not having the pod and going against the popular players uh, in some aspects. I'm almost looking at, yeah, moving on to Tom Green. And if I can bank somebody who, playing the fixtures, might be able to pop me a 130. Neil comes to mind last week, and potentially again this week is underpriced. That's probably something I'd be looking at if um, I was tight in round 15. Obviously, I'm not advocating for Tom Green to get traded, but he's one of those guys you can get creative with. Yeah, um, and I was tempted by that because I looked at him and I thought, well, if I sideways traded him to Brad Crouch, I'm going to make 100000 and they'll probably score similarly for at least in the short term So, and bank some cash for next week. So, yeah, I was thinking about that one. Hmm, interesting scenes. I don't think you want to know how I'm shaping up, Holmesy, but how are you shaping up, mate, for this week? Yeah, so I'm... I'm 17 pre-trades and and this is what I kind of wanted to throw around the group because in the past I've kind of got into a little bit of trouble where I've kind of traded in the buyers for the sake of trading in the buyers to get extra numbers Um, and it's really important that during the buyers that you still are trading in a way that's going to set your team up better from round 16 onwards. So the, the dilemma that I'm kind of going with this week is that I could trade but my two other my two trades are essentially locked at this point. But I could either go Atkins up to um, Sinclair, which doesn't get me an extra player on field because Atkins is playing this week, but it's clearly going to be a better long term play for my side. Or do I trade Will Day this week to get up to Sinclair, have extra cash for next week, but have an extra body on the ground this week, so twenty instead of nineteen. So. In theory, that that works a little bit better. But if you do that and then Atkins' score drops off anyway because he's one of your poorer scorers, then, you know, you've got the extra body. You haven't set your team up better in the future and then that score's just dropped off anyway. So that's where I'm kind of the little dilemma this week and that I'm sure there's plenty of other coaches out there as well that are, you know, do they do they make the trades to get extra bodies on field this week or do they cop the the one shorter on field but but make their team better for the, for the rounds moving forward? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I've got 21 this week. Just doing the maths now. I'm okay with having a less volume of players as long as, and you've got um, more primos as long as they all play and all score well because it kind of um, what you're saying is what has occurred for me this week because I had heaps of players, a full squad, yet I didn't really score that well and I dropped off a heap of between 70 and 60 sort of scoring players. So... As long as they're primos, I'm okay with it, Holmesy. Sinclair is probably a good in from Atkins, from what you said. Yeah, 100% agree. And, and even if you've got rookies out there like myself uh, with a Miller Bergman who drops a 10, um, you're definitely better off just having those primos on field. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a great, great worthy discussion. You have a lot of these mid-prices that, um, that tend to put up these sort of mid middling scores and, yeah, are you just better off going with a big dog? I, do, I guess it all depends on that big dog. What would you need from a Sinclair Holmesy to be happy? That's the problem. 
Well, no, that's the thing, Doss, is that Sinclair's coming in regardless. It's just, do I do I get Sinclair from Atkins this week and only have 19 on field? Or do I get Sinclair from Will Day and then have 20 on field, but then I don't have Will Day next week and I'm still stuck with Atkins, if that makes sense. So it's, do you get the extra body on field this week or do you just play one less, take a little bit more of a risk knowing that you might have to play, a, you know, a, have an extra rookie that's in your score, but your team's better moving forward because I've got Will Day next week and then I'll still have Will Day come round 16 who's going to be um, clearly closer to the top six than an Atkins will, even though Atkins could still go next week anyway. I just think in your position, Holmes, you might as well risk it and and go for it, go for the score. Um, Yeah, Uh, but... I just I do recall one year like you never know you always get a random one that pops well. I remember in the buy period, uh, I can't remember. I think it was twenty nineteen, and I brought in uh, Griffin Logue, and he hit a, over a hundred as a rookie. So, yeah, maybe there is some safety in having a greater number, like a greater number of playing players too. All right, just to wrap up this discussion, I had a very quick. Um, roundtable discussion for me, and it's it's a return of a segment that's beloved in this uh, the PodPod community. It's been around for a couple of years now. It is a Dossie's dilemma. <laughs> Guys, I just want to know. I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks, and it's really starting to bother me now. How the hell do I get inside the top twenty k? It's <laughs> It's it's a purgatory out there. It's the it's the Bermuda Triangle. I swear they've fixed the algorithm that I can't actually get inside there, regardless of what I do to my team, Holmesy. I just want to rattle off a few names quickly before you make your rebuttal, which is probably going to pay us out. The last week, I picked up Darcy Cameron. Perfect timing. Picked up Briggsy. Perfect timing. I got in old mate Hobbsy. At a beautiful time as well. I, I'm getting these guys at the right time and I can't get inside the top 20K. It's embarrassing for me. Like, what do, what do I need to do, Holmesy? Help me, Mr. Out? Number Four. We can, we, can, we can probably go back, Dossie. I can pinpoint a time in the season. I can't remember what defensive premium it was. I think it was, no, it was Doherty. Doherty goes down and you come into the group and you go, boys, what do I do with Doherty? And four of us said, Dossie, go to a premium and then fix up elsewhere. And you went, all right, all right, all right. And then five minutes before lockout, you go, nah, boys, I've seen it. In comes Trent Rivers and Jack Bowes. (laughs) And then that was to add on to the other 73 mid-prices you had in your team already. Agree? Yes, it was the moment. But I like... If what, if 15 trades can't make up one blunder? Like, I mean, come on. Look, I feel like the app needs to do me a favor. Unlock me. I feel like I've been put in some little box between 20 and 25K and they're not letting me out. Um, so, please update my rank and get me back where I belong up the top. So, that's Dossie's Dilemma. Fix that for me. Okay, we're going to really quickly go through some targets coming off there, by. It's just Geelong and Gold Coast. So, Harmy, you've offered to give us our... Three best targets from Geelong if you are so inclined to pick a cat this week. I will just throw a flyer out there, Dossie, which Holmesy just touched on. If we're looking at a cheap one and he's named and he's coming back looking good, Jack Bowes. Yeah, boy. I'll, I'll stop Could you right be there. a trading Army, option. Army. Army, well done. I'll stop you there, but teams are out and nah, he's in the emergency list, so no good. <laughs> Man, I no, but I'll, um, I'll entertain it because he is cheap. Um, is it based on anything other than what we know Jack Bowes has done in the past? Yeah, it's irrelevant though because he's not named this week. But Duncan is back. Duncan might name Duncan. Danger. next few weeks. Danger's back, so, yeah. Sorry, can you say who came in there, Holmesy? Uh, Holmes, Duncan and Danger are all back for Geelong. Okay, well, that hurts the chances of my number three um, that I was having a look at here, and that's Tanner Bruin. So he probably loses his CBA role and he continues with his low time on ground, but it's now low time on ground as a forward. So I'll push him to the side and I'll go to the two that I would be more serious about. I think that a fair chunk of the um, competition would already have Tom Stewart. Um, You are now paying up 
fairly premium price for him where the majority of us probably paid mid-80s and he's now probably a mid-90 price point. So he's probably my number two because he doesn't present as much value um, as some of them, but does have a lot of games at home to come um, and he's um, the linchpin in their back line. So he's probably number two. And then the number one that I would consider, and I guess probably am considering to some extent at the moment in my trade plans, is Mitch Duncan. Um, So we're talking about a guy who's hit some pretty lofty heights in the past, 120,000 down for the season, has a high ceiling, will have a good role. So... They wouldn't play him. I mean, he's been sitting out a few weeks now. They wouldn't play him unless he was um, cherry ripe, I don't reckon, at his age. So i got a good feeling about him um, at the moment. So he's probably one I'm considering at the moment. 250K from Sick Dog to Duncan, if anyone wants to take a punt. I thought you couldn't go down, Louie. Couldn't go down. Have to well, get you the just, top you, dogs. You've, you've brought up such a fantastic option that I hadn't considered, mate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, but I like Duncan. I think uh, being from Geelong, they're a team that are certainly trying to get their best team, playing their best football going into the finals, and Duncan's a massive part of that, as we saw last year. So I won't be surprised to see Duncan and a bunch of the Geelong boys all improve their average after their buy and and come home strong because, as we saw last year, that's sort of how they try to plan things for the premiership tilt. Um, I'm just going to provide the top three options from Gold Coast. Uh, number one, Braden Fett. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we'll go with Matty Rowell at number one. I, I honestly think Matt Rowell and Noah Anderson, one and two, you could probably switch and change whichever way you think they are going to go. But look, I think they're only legitimately the only two options you can kind of look at. And um, just nobody else really excites me too much. Do you guys see Took Miller? Took Miller's not going to return. Apparently, the last I saw with round like four rounds to go or something, four to six rounds no, to go. So, not even that. wow, um, wasn't it after the buy? Well, I I saw an article saying yeah, he's he's targeting a return with like four rounds left in the season. So, I, he's still TBC on the on the injury report. Was like walking or jogging laps the other day, but that's about as. I think he's still quite some way across. So, you know, Rowell and Anderson, now that they're outside of Darwin, um, you can probably catch a mark or two out of there. So they're probably the two main guys. I actually think, to be honest, I think owners that have held the likes of Atkins, if named, and Fiorini are going to be relieved with a bit better a score this week versus Carlton in, in somewhere where they can actually take a mark due to those non-slippery conditions. But in third, I put a roughie, a buzz pick. If Sam Flanders manages to finally get a role change post-buy, he has been just doing worldly things, otherworldly things in the VFL. And look, at his cheap price, he could be a guy that we do see pop a role change if they finally decide to put him in his inside midfield position. Look, we saw Sheldrick get a go inside this week. Perhaps some miracles can happen as well over in uh, Jews Gold Coast land. On to uh, our PodPod Twitter questions. You can follow us at PodPodAFL and uh, get your requests in. We chuck that out the day of or the day before, and we've got lots of requests as usual. Let's talk about everyone's favourite player on the show, Holmesies especially, Brad Crouch. I want your thoughts, Louis, on Brad Crouch as a target. Oh, I think Harmy summed him up well. He, we know what he can do. Uh, he's a 105 guy in form, and while Jack Steele's down, I, I've I'm pretty confident he's going to be a 105 guy still. So, uh, on the way to finals, uh, I think he's going to come into some good form and he might be a good option for those looking for a point of difference. Lockie Neal, Louie, I know you've got to go very shortly, so I might get your opinion also on on a Lockie Neal. Underpriced. And like, like I keep saying, I've said it about three times in a row now, these teams that are getting ready for finals will start playing better football. And as we see, the the scores improve as the season goes on as well and it gets a bit heavier out there. Jack Sinclair, Harmy, are you as excited as other coaches? Looks like he's one of the most traded in players this week. Well, I'm not as excited because I traded in Lloyd ahead of him last week and then he outscored him by 30 points and I should have gone for him. But um, I think he's a really good trade-in this week if you need a defender. Now that he's named Mitch Duncan Holmesy, uh, look like Lou said he's 200k down from from a Sicily. But do you like him as an option for anyone looking for a, you know, a mid price potentially underpriced premium? 
Yeah, I might not be the one to ask here after I had him for most of last year when most of the coaches on this podcast didn't. So maybe a little bit of a, a salty taste in my mouth. He's not someone that I'd be targeting if I was at the pointy end of the ranking. So if I'm in the top, you know, pushing for a hat and that kind of stuff and your team value is in a very good spot, I'm not sure he's one I'd take a punt on. But yeah, for, for coaches like us that are back in the thousand ranks and, and we do need to take a little bit of a haircut as as Harmy pointed out before he's got a pedigree like no other a ceiling like no other and I think you're right with Geelong really needing to play good footy coming into finals that they just have, need to have their best team on the park and, and Mitch Duncan will be a big part of that so he's definitely underpriced for what he can do but the injury risk is always going to be there all right, I want to talk about Nat Fife really quickly. He, he's been requested quite a bit from the listeners. $449,000, down 200k on last year, and a popular target. I think there's plenty of people targeting him this week. Coming off his best score of the season with 83 points, laying some tackles in there, seven tackles, 17 touches against Richmond in a hard-fought game over at Optus Stadium. I can't get around it. I don't see the ceiling I see he's now way down the pecking order. Well, you know, at least a couple of, of, of notches down the pecking order than he used to be in that midfield when he was scoring well. And when you look at a guy like Elliot Yo, who we're seeing bounce back um, in a big way, he's getting prominent roles. Nat Fife's just not getting that prominent role. There's every chance he gets injured. But I want your thoughts, Louis, as a more established coach in this podcast. No, I agree with you, um, Dossie. I'm not sure the ceiling's there to, to take the punt. You you broke down his stats on the game he just played, and he, he filled up on tackles to get to that 83. Uh, when you actually look at his touches, I'm, I'm not sure that it's going to be consistent enough that he's going to prove to be a good pick. I think he's obviously a fantastic player, um, but I feel like he's got 65, 70 average written all over him. Uh, as a lot of players like him who have retired into the forward line um, do replicate. It feels a yeah. lot like us sort of targeting a, a Patrick Dangerfield at times over the last couple of years when he's cheap and it always just ends up biting With you. Dusty Martin. Yeah. Probably Harmy, another one. Sorry, mate. I, you had your hand up there. You know, mate. Yeah, I was just going to say. He's, he was lucky to get to the score he did, so I don't think you can expect him to be a mid-80s guy going forward, and you're probably better off targeting somebody like a Matt Johnson or a um, Mark Windhager who are both 100 grand cheaper. One other point that I will raise is that there was no Jago O'Meara in that midfield either on the weekend, so um, how those midfield roles are going to line up when he comes back is is really anyone's guess, so you, you're pretty much trading into him blind this week, not knowing exactly what his role is going to be. Now, uh, Harmy, you did just mention it um, before. Now, Louis, Louis left us as well for the podcast. Thank you for his services on this show. But um, Marcus Windhager, Harmy, you mentioned him before. Look, he, he put up 28 points in that first quarter. I was ruining my decision to go against him. But thankfully, he did have a high enough break even, and he did slow down as the game went on. He ended up scoring, um, what was it, in the 60s? Uh, 66 for this game, 15 disposals, four tackles. He, he started really well, did have a bit of that midfield role as well, getting himself nine centre bounces and, and reasonable time on ground. As you mentioned, he is that cheaper option you could bring in. Do you like a Windhager as that sort of 344K if that's what you can only afford? Yeah, I do. I've sort of been having a bit of a look at it. I'm not 100% sure whether it'll come in for me um, because I guess his place in a team is still a little bit questionable. But I did like what I saw. He did had, he had a good role. And um, having a look what he did in the VFL, he's got some good scoring potential. So that game... Uh, it was like it was very congested, a very defensive style of game. So it wasn't really conducive to high fantasy scores. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I wouldn't be against trading him in this week. We'll put it that way. So I was, I just that happened to catch the a little bit of the Ross Lyon press conference at the end of the game, and he mentioned that um, Lenny Hayes, the midfield coach, actually made the call to put Windhager onto Chad Warner after halftime. So Windhager was actually on 42 at halftime and as Dossie said, he's ended on 66. So I think although he's still a good option and I'm I'm actually looking at him this week as well, he's always going to be one of those players that at any point in time when they need to shut down an opposition midfielder, he seems to be that guy. And if that's the case, then that's going to put a dent into his scoring. So Harmy. But that might um, help us for the next few weeks, Holmesy, if we only see him as a 
I don't know, two to four week play. Um, at least we're saying he's got some uh, a few strings to his bow and he may actually um, have a bit of job security for a bit. Yeah, and I think I was just going to look up. Yeah, so Hunter Clark, three to five weeks away. Um, Bytel's a test in their injury list as well. You know, guys in the injury list. I, I think Windhager, they they will give him a go in there though, so he's, he's one to look at. Um, speaking of other sort of that, price range as well. I actually didn't catch this game. I'm hoping one of you guys did, but Devin Robertson for Brisbane. We know McCluggage is also going to miss a week with his concussion. Um, apparently, that I've already seen that they reckon that's only going to be a one-week thing for the Clug, but Dev Rob was already in the squad at that point. Do we know if Devin Robertson has you know any any validity in being an option for our team, Harmy? So cheap because he was the green vest twice and he scored below 10. So that's the reason why he's coming in at 310,000. Um, but uh, the Lions haven't looked amazing. It's probably the other thing and they need to keep winning. So I reckon there's a risk that, you know, he has one bad game and he gets dropped straight up and I hate to say it, but maybe they go back to the well and Jared Lyons comes in um, because that's the sort of a role that he is playing. I am a huge fan of Dev Rob, and the last time I remember seeing him play in a meaningful game, it was last year in that prelim final against the Cats. Obviously, Brisbane, not their greatest day out. 17 disposals, 10 tackles, 96 points, and he was one of the only lines that really kind of stood up in that game as well. And and obviously, Josh Dunkley's arrival is just what's what's killed him, and you know hopefully he's off to the mighty Weagles next year as a WA man. But um, look, if he gets his opportunity in the next couple of weeks, I feel like he could be that cash-gen it's just that job security that's tough, isn't it? Yeah, sure is. And I think he got a lot of tackles on the weekend as well. But um, maybe there's a little bit of Harry Himmelberg factor about it. And if they want to keep him, they will play him because um, he doesn't have a contract from memory. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Bit of a risky one, that. Um, Hayden Young. Holmesy, you're a free man. Any interest in, in picking him up? He hasn't just shown that, that ability to consistently hit the high scores. Yeah, not for me, Dossie. Like I think I mentioned it before. I think at this time of the year, I, I want to try and get you know close enough to the top six as possible. And he is priced quite highly at the moment. I think low 90s because he's had a, a few good games on the trot. But I never really like picking players, especially defenders that aren't necessarily the main ball distributor. Like, don't get me wrong, they love having the ball in Hayden Young's hands. But Luke Ryan's back there as well, and, and he loves getting the pill just as much as anyone else. So... I think when you've got both of those two in the side, it's going to it's gonna mean that they don't have the ceiling that we need as fantasy players. And, and we saw on the weekend, he can have a, a good game of footy and, and put up a 60 or a 70. So for that reason, I'm a no on Hayden Young. And although he has gone on some runs throughout the season, I don't think he's consistent enough to be a, a top six defender for us. I think earlier in the show when uh, Harmy mentioned the name Harry Himmelberg, I saw you cringe in your seat, Holmesy. I'd like your, also your opinion on him as an option. Obviously, he's got the round 15 buy, so if you're heavy in that buy, he's not an option this week, but maybe post-buy as well, being still cheap that he will be. And, and that factor that he is now playing in the defensive unit for GWS. Yeah, I'd, I can't get around this one. I think a lot of coaches are just looking at what he did last year and thinking that, okay, because he's in defense now, what he did last year, he's more than capable of doing that again. But um, GWS aren't playing the same brand of footy now that they were this time last year. There's not a lot of that chip-chip going around. And they've also got Lockie Whitfield, Lockie Ash, coming still to come back in. And even Nick Haynes has had a bit of a resurge in form and, and getting the ball as well. So there's a lot of guys back there. And although he's gone an 80 and a 90 in his last two, and he, he definitely presents value, I'm not saying he's going to average what he's priced at now, I just think with all of those players back there, I'm just not sure he's going to have the ceiling and he's going to have a bit of a flaw that means that um, he's not going to be the smash play that a lot of us hope that he will be um, like he was last year. That's just my personal opinion and how I'm feeling about it at the moment. The other thing is obviously he has the round 15 by next week, so we can't really target him this week. And then in round 16, he has Melbourne in Darwin and we know what defenders do in Darwin. So mm. for me, if you are looking for him, I'd, I'd probably wait until round 17 when that run opens up to really see how it how it all plays out, especially if Isaac Cummings able to get himself fit and back into that side too. Dossie, he's only priced about 550, isn't he? So, man, he's got to go higher than that. 
Dossie, can't you see Lockie Keefe and Harry Himmelberg chipping it to each other in that back line? Yeah. Oh, you, so, you I mean, you and I can see it. You and I can see it. Holmes, you can't see it. Holmes, you just can't see it. That big milestone game, um, the big hundy. Congratulations to Lockie Keefe, the great man um, and fantastic fantasy option that Dossie had in his team fondly. I think it was last <laughs> as, as early as last year. Um Taron Thomas is is um, requested by listeners. This is one that I'll again take. I, I can't get around it myself. Um, he kicked three goals to get his way to 78 points. He, he's playing some good footy, but to get to the value pick that you want, um, look, he, he couldn't get a better role at the moment. You know, all their studs are currently out. They've got to make their way back into the side. Um, he is $518,000, Thomas, but... I personally just can't get around paying that much for a North Melbourne player um, at this time of the year when, you know, you I don't know, there's much better players in their team now than when he went on his big run a few years ago. So cheap, isn't he? Um, that's probably why people are looking at him. But I'll just say this, Doss, and I don't think I actually said it um, during the podcast so far. Do not trade in people that haven't had their buy. Okay, so we're only targeting players that had a buy in round 12 or round 13. So it doesn't include him. Gives you an extra week to have a look at it and see whether you're happy enough with the role and the price. Yeah, we mentioned it last week, but certainly not this time. That's definitely what we're looking at doing. Um, I think even if you're, you know, not just for overall rank now, it's pretty much everything. It just seems better um, to be doing that. Although, yeah, I guess if you do have your buys through this time, you can still plan ahead and, you know, maybe target an Elliot Yo when he's off this week if you're that confident with his role. Um, guy that I've been really impressed with, Nasir Wanganine Miller, we've mentioned him a couple of times, but people are looking at him at $752,000. With Sinclair, you know, seeing a little bit of, I mean, he's been kind of in and out of the midfield, but one thing's been constant is that uh, Wanganine Miller, a big option moving out of their defensive line, getting kick-ins, doing it all down there, Holmesy, even as just a second-year player that he is. Yeah, this is a really interesting one, Doss, and I'm going to say no just because of what I was talking about before and that I really want to try and get closer to the top. But um, shout out to Mitch from the Ball Boys because he actually quoted this stat on his podcast, which I found quite fascinating. The Saints have been the highest averaging fantasy team for the year so far, but their midfield has been the 14th highest scoring midfield. So their midfield aren't scoring points. And they haven't been terribly high-scoring teams in the forward line either. So the points have to be somewhere. So those defenders for St. Kilda are actually putting up some quite high numbers and it's it's been sustainable for a while now. So although I don't think that he's going to be a top six defender and he's not someone I'm targeting, I think there's probably a little bit of safety in his scoring and I think he's going to be quite consistent. And we saw that he's got a ceiling after that big 122 on the weekend as well. So... Not the worst option. He's got a great role with all those kick-ins. And, and like I said, Saints have a pretty good game plan at the moment for defenders. Yeah, I love watching him play too. He's, dare I say a little bit of that observable thirst. Just loves running off the back for a cheeky one. Probably doesn't exhibit, you know, desperation that I like to see in a thirsty man. But yeah, the game plan certainly helps him um, get some plus sixes back there. Um, Jack Steele, we've already gone through. You, you can't target him while he's under this injury cloud. But super cheap and just wait for that turn and see if you think he's got to pass your eye test just watch him play if he's still not looking right like he isn't to our eyes you can't go there um one of the listeners wanted to know is mitch owens a genuine option i'll tell you what he's going to be my team from next year as a lock but um for this year harmy probably a bit too early yeah he's put up some nice scores and he's, he's playing really well but i wouldn't bring him in it's that forward role is it? it's a forward mid role like when he starts playing pure mid I see him as he's such a Josh Dunkley clone to me, um, Mitch Owens, but probably even better forward craft based on what we've seen so far. Um, all right. Once target, let's let's look at some options just coming into the buy this week and as potential targets after their buy, but some scintillating form for Tom Mitchell. Um, we know he's an anointed pig by the traders. Harmy, Tom Mitchell, could you possibly go there? Yes. Yes, you could. Um, and like that Collingwood game style, it's not slowing him down. He's put up some pretty big scores in the last few weeks. Um, so, yeah, Titch, he's definitely someone to have a look at. And a point of difference from um, those top 1,000 coaches, I suppose. They won't be bringing him in. Uh, Elliot Yo, does this 
Does this sway you across to Holmesy to go on that sort of mid-priced option, um, given we've seen Yo do it before and he was in our sights in the preseason as well? Yeah, Doss, he is someone that I'll, I will be looking at after his buy. And I know you were very keen on him two weeks ago, and I was as well, but I really wanted him to get through to his buy. So that was three weeks on the trot. Um, just to see that he's got that match fitness back. We know that with every game that he plays, the the risk for soft tissue injury actually decreases because his body's starting to get um, match hardened. So he's definitely an option coming off his bye. The Eagles are so depleted that he has no choice but to be the main guy wherever he goes, whether it's midfield, whether it's defense, and just some of those times where the Eagles are getting pumped and him and Witho just chip around with each other in the back line. It's just very conducive for fantasy scoring. So, yep, absolutely. He is one that I'll look at. Um, injury risk will always be there, the same as Mitch Duncan, but he's someone that I could see, you know, putting up close to top six numbers if he gets on a bit of a run towards the end of the season um, at a very juicy 605K. Yeah, and could have been bigger too. They basically rested him in the last quarter, only half a game, or half the quarter in the last. So he only had 68% game time for that big score, yo. So I think he's right up there with a huge target for us next week. Um, somebody wants to know, and they, they've mixed up the segments here. It must have been when we did the segment steal, but is Ben Hobbs a trade or spade? Shout out to Nath from Hatchat Harmy, but um, Hobbsy, or oh, Holmesy wants to go here. He, in an, in an ideal world, he's done his job. He was a mid-pricer that's made a lot of coin for you and you could get him up to a, you know, you're within a stone's throw of a rookie down to get up to a genuine uh, midfield or forward premium. I'm going to say hold Ben Hobbs and it's the same theory for a Caldwell or any of those players that are on their buy at the moment, even a Jacob Van Ruyen. For the point that Harmy made, uh, all of our forwards are round 15. So it doesn't matter if you can downgrade players in the midfield or defensive line next week to try and get extra players on field. If you're not getting in forwards next week off their bye, you're going to struggle to get more than 18, 19, 20 if you've only got two or three playing in the forward line. So I'd be holding Hobbs to have him play next week. I know that Parrish and Shield and potentially Setterfield are all looking to come back in the next couple of weeks, which means his role is going to change but I can't see him putting up a stinker where his price is going to go backwards. So I think you hold him through his buy next week, uh, hold him through his buy this week to play next week, and then you look to upgrade him in round 16. Slightly different opinion. I reckon if you had planned your buy strategy to trade him out now and you can get to a 100 averaging player, you trade him. You get, who do get, you go get to? Up to the- who, who do you go Sorry, to in mate, the forward yeah. line though, Harmy? Uh, If you've got him in the midfield and your forward line's fine, absolutely, I would agree with that. But if you've got him in your forward line, what forward premium that's coming off their buy this week are you confident in that's going to be able to average 100 or be close enough in the the top six forwards? You're looking at maybe a Dylan Moore, but we've seen what his role is like up and down. I'm not sure there's the forwards to trade into this week. That's the only flag I'll put on that. Coming off their buy, there's two I can see, Errol Goulden and jo- and um, Josh Junkley. They'll both be 100 averaging players. If you don't have them, I guess, yeah. Yep, yep. All right. Good call, Harmy. Uh, Will Day, final verdict, Harmy. Would you or, or do you, you know, are you going to hold basically? It's a similar thing, hold or trade there. I'm a bit uncertain, but I'm going to hold. And if he ends up being my D6, so be it. What was he your hit final? A good score. He got ninety-eight. He had an injured ninety-eight. He spent time on the sidelines on the weekend, so um, I think that we probably focusing on his seventy from last week a bit too much. Bit back to that strategy from the start, Holmesy. What did you end up, you know, thinking yourself? I think you got everyone else's opinion. Would you prefer the one extra premium on field, or like with the wheel day situation from earlier, or an Atkins, like you said? trading out the guy that nah, he's playing all, this week. All, all week I've been trading Atkins to get up to um, Sinclair to be the the better long-term play rather than have 20 on field this week. Like I said, if if I hold Atkins but he's still playing on the wing against Carlton and only puts up a 50 or a 60, then I'm not really getting the scores and then his cash is going to go backwards anyway. So I think I'm in the camp of holding holding day. I think with the with us being unsure of who that sort of fifth and sixth defender is going to be, I think he can be close enough for long enough that he could be one of our final upgrades and he could sit at D6 for a while. 
Um, somebody's wanting to know, and I can answer this for them based on what you guys have just said, but is it okay to trade Dylan Williams? Um, it absolutely is. Um, that's the time of year that you want to start getting rid of these mid-price players. He's 538K. I, I mean, I think he's, you know, he's definitely done his job. He's played fantastic, but um, yeah, you can jump off comfortably. And we've only got a couple more here, guys, from the listeners. Christian Salem, is he a target next week, Harmy? Putting up a ton on the weekend. Hmm. Yeah, he is a target. Um, I'm, I might not be, not, may not be as keen as some. I think he scored two seventies before he hit that um, good score on the weekend. So, but I don't know. Look, they went through him every opportunity they could, but I'm just, I'm just not 100 percent sold yet, mate. Round 16, Darwin. Look at him in round 17 if you really need an underpriced defender. Oh, gee, I love that flag from you. I haven't even looked at that. Thank you. Thank you, Holmesy. You're going to have to thank you for that one, I think. Um, Jarman Impey, final verdict from you, Holmesy. You weren't thinking it, but look, at his last three have been outstanding. Is he going to be a trap for us then, you reckon? Yeah, these type of players, we know that they can go on runs. I always get a little bit worried. Um, you know, why haven't they done this before? But you can't argue what he's done over the last three rounds. You can't argue that if if Sicily's out, he's not going to have more of a prominent role. So if you're someone that is really hot on him, I'm not going to talk you out of it, but he's not the type of player that I like to target. Well, let's, let's just have a quick look at his run. He's got the Suns, then he's got the Blues, then the Giants, then North, then Richmond, then the Saints. Like, it's a pretty decent run coming up for them too as a back. That is a juicy, juicy run, Harmy. Now, we've also just lost Holmesy. He's uh, he's headed off. Looks like that might be just time to wrap up the pod, I reckon, Harmy. But I need to ask you, now that we're one-on-one, how the hell do I get inside the top 20K, mate? Can you? Well, now that they're gone, can you tell me the secret? Yep. Yeah, I can. Okay. You don't sideways trade everybody all the time. You actually look for a decent upgrade. You go one down and one up through this buy period. I've been doing really one easy. up, one down, one up. <laughs> Tell me who you've been trading out and trading in. <laughs> oh, it's been good, I swear. Just trust me. Just try, trust me on it. Keep so, at it. So and if you're doing all the right things, I'll take your word for it and we'll expect you to crack that top 20,000 soon. All right. So between friends, if Jack Bowes is named the sub, do we jump on? <laughs> no. I can. You can't. <laughs> we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Uh, we will see you uh, next week. <laughs>